Hello and welcome to the first episode of the African Folk Tales podcast. I am Makafui, a researcher with a passion for folk tales and their origins. African folk tales were originally not written down, but were passed on from one generation to another by word of mouth. They were performed live, and although the same folk tales were told many, many times, they were never exactly the same. I will narrate a folk tale, followed by a character analysis, a short side story, and conclude with a proverb. Our first folk tale introduces us to a character called Anansi. This is the story of how Anansi came to own all stories. Long ago, the first spider, Kwekwanansi, lived in Africa. He swung on his webs from tree to tree, or ran on his thin legs along the ground. In that distant time, no one told stories on earth. Why? No one had any to tell. The sky god Nyame kept them all to himself up in the sky kingdom. The stories told of happiness and sadness, and the mysteries of the world. Many creatures asked Nyame to share the story, but the sky god refused. Anansi was curious about the stories too, so he went to see Nyame. The sky god waved him away. You are only a spidery old man. How will you ever pay for my stories? Anansi knew better than to argue with the sky god. I only wish to know the price, he said. I don't yet know if I can pay it. Nyame laughed again. Very well. I will trade my stories for four fierce animals. First is the python Onini, the snake that swallows people up. Second is the Mobro, the hornets that buzz and sting. Third is Osebo, the leopard, whose teeth are as sharp as knives. And fourth is the fairy Motia, who stays unseen as the wind. That is a high price, said Anansi. Such stories must be wonderful indeed. Then he bowed and returned to earth. When Anansi got home, he told his wife, Aso, what Nyame had said. I am no match for these creatures in strength or speed, Anansi said. How can I capture Onini? If I make a mistake, he will surely swallow me. A python's strength lies in its body, not its brain, said Aso. You must outsmart him from the start, she paused. To do this... You will need a palm branch and some long vines. Then she explained the rest of the plan. Anansi took the branch and the vines to the stream near where Onini lived. Onini is a great python, Anansi said loudly. I am sure he is longer than this branch. Onini listened from the leafy shadows and Anansi's words confused him. So he slithered out onto the path. What's that you were saying, spider? The python asked. I was talking about you, Anansi said. You see this branch? My wife, Asos, said that it was longer than you are. I told her she was wrong. This branch could not be longer than the greatest snake in the world. But my wife is very stubborn. She said I should come see you and find out once and for all. Put the branch next to me, said Onini. I will stretch out to my full length. Then we will know who is telling the truth. 
Anase put the palm branch down and Onini leaned against it. Well, Onini asked. Patience, said Anase. I must measure carefully. As he talked, he bound the python to the branch with the long vines. Over and over, he wound them around. So what have you learned? Onini asked at last. Good news, said Anansi. I was right, you are a little longer. Onini was as pleased as the greatest snake in the world could be. So now you can release me, he said. I wish that I could, said Anansi. But there is also bad news. I must take you to Nyame. So Anansi spun a web around Onini and carried him back to the sky god. If Nyame was surprised to see Onini, he hid it well. I will take the python, he said to Anansi. But you are not done yet. Anansi returned home to share the news with Aso. All is well, she said. And yet, your face is long. What can I do about Mobro? Anansi asked his wife. I cannot wrap them in vines. Aso nodded. Hornets that buzz and sting will slip through even nimble fingers. But hornets are nervous and quick to worry. First, you must fill an empty gourd with water. Anansi understood. After he filled the gourd, he went walking through the forest. Anansi heard the mobro buzzing overhead. He climbed up a tree above them. Then he sprinkled some water from the gourd onto their nest. The hornets buzzed louder. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. We will all get terribly wet. Anansi cut a large leaf from the tree and held it over his head. Then he took the rest of the water and poured it over the leaf. The rain is falling, Anansi shouted, as the water dripped around him. We know, cried the mobro, but what can we do? You are lucky I am here, said Anansi. If you come inside my guard, the rain will not reach you. The hornets did not hesitate. They flew right into the guard. When they were all inside, Anansi plugged up the guard and spun a web around it. You will be very safe from the rain now, he said. Then he returned again to Nyame in the sky kingdom in the clouds. The sky god took Mobro as he had Onini. I will take the hornets, he said, but you are not done yet. Again, Anansi returned home. What can I do about Osebo? He asked his wife. I cannot wrap him in vines or catch him in a guard, and his teeth are as sharp as knives. It would be wise to keep him at a safe distance, said Aso. You must start with a large hole, Anansi nodded. He knew what his wife meant, as he had dug such holes before. Anansi returned to the jungle and found Osibo's tracks. Then he dug a deep hole, then he covered up the hole with leaves so it was hard to see. The next morning, Anansi returned to the hole. Osibo was prowling around the bottom. What has happened here? Anansi asked. Osibo growled at him, showing teeth like knives. What do you think? I did not see this hole in the darkness and I fell in. How unlucky, said Anansi. This should be a lesson to you not to wander around in the dark. I do not care about lessons now, said Osibo. I care about getting out. Whatever dug this hole will return soon to take me away. Perhaps I can help, said Anansi. I see some long sticks here. 
if I lower them down, maybe you can climb up on them. Hurry, said Osibo. We may not have much time. So Anansi puts down the sticks. Osibo plays his paws on them. The sticks are wobbly, he complained. I am doing the best I can, said Anansi. You must stay low and hold on tight. Osibo crept up the sticks, keeping his head down. But when he was almost out, Anansi hit him over the head with a club. Quickly, Anansi spun his strongest web string around the leopard and the sticks. What are you doing? Osibo roared. This is no escape. True enough, Anansi admitted. For I must take you to Nyame. Anansi returned to the sky god. Nyame was not surprised to see him. I will take the leopard, he said. But you are not done yet. Anansi was happy he had captured three of Nyame's creatures. But how would he ever capture Emotia? How do I find the fairy who is invisible? He asked Aso. You cannot find her, Aso said. You must make her find you. Anansi started by carving a wooden doll. When he was finished, the doll looked almost real. Anansi covered it with sticky gum from a plant. Anansi took the doll to the Odum tree, where he knew the fairies played. He then pounded some yam in a bowl until they became a tasty paste. He put the bowl in the doll's lap. Then Anansi tied a vine to the doll's neck and went off to hide in the bushes. Before long, Motia came by. She saw the doll sitting alone under the Odum tree. She also noticed the pounded yams. May I have some of your food? She asked hungrily. Anansi pulled on the vine he had tied to the doll's neck. The doll nodded. Imotia started eating and eating. Soon the bowl was empty. She wiped her mouth and stood up. Thank you, she said to the doll. The doll said nothing. I said thank you, Imotia said again. The doll remained silent. Where are your manners? asked Imotia. I have thanked you twice and you will not answer. This is no way to behave. You need to be taught a lesson. Motia grabbed the doll's shoulder. She tried to pull her hand away, but it was held tight. She grabbed the doll with the other hand. Splat! Now Motia was really mad. She kicked the doll with one foot and then the other. Both were then stuck as well. Anansi stepped out from the bushes. What have we here? he asked. Motia vanished at once. But that was no good. Visible or not, her hands and feet were still stuck tight to the doll. So Anansi spun a web around Imotia and brought her up to Nyame. When the sky god saw them, he called together everyone in the kingdom. Hear me, he told them. Anansi has met my price. My stories are now his to do with as he pleases. When Anansi got home, he shared the stories with Aso. They laughed and cried and even shouted in surprise at the endings. But they did not keep the stories to themselves. They told them to others and still do to this day. Character Analysis As a folktale trickster hero, Anansi is also known variously as Anansi. Anansi is one of the most important figures in West African folklore. His story began long ago with the Ashanti people of Ghana. The Ashanti belonged to a larger group called the Akan. Tales about Anansi spread to other West African regions. They then spread to islands in the Caribbean Sea and to North and South America. 
Anansi's association with the spider is complicated but is typical among trickster figures. Within many of his tales, Anansi interacts with archetypal animals such as lion, tiger, turtle and canary. Anansi is represented as the archetypal spider. However, in other folk tales, Anansi is represented as more humanoid, especially when interacting with people. This is typical of trickster figures, including the Native American coyote and Iktomi, and reveals the variety of tales attributed to Anansi. The Side Story During my childhood, I recall disturbing my grandmother often, singing and dancing when I should have been asleep. I usually did this in front of a mirror. I disregarded her complaints and scolding until she sat me down and told me the story of the creatures on the other side of the mirror, the motia. They are dwarfs that have backward facing feet and in the night when we are asleep, they come out of the mirror and carry children into their world never to be seen again. When the lights are out and I stare into the mirror, I see their shadows motioning me closer. Since then, I have always been terrified to look into the mirror at night for fear of the rat of the emotia. Proverb of the week Wood, already touched by fire, is not hard to set alight. And a shanty proverb Thank you for listening, everyone. We will meet again next week to delve into another story. In the meantime, share and subscribe to African Folk Tales wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes. Miadogo.